Welcome to our Hakal episode number 24 in the series Classic Take, where we will take a classic concept of Mashiach and dig into it a little further. The question we will address today is why is it so important for every single Jew to be part of the redemption? The Shir is dedicated Lili Nishmas, Yeshua Yisrael Mechol, Ben Zevarye. We discussed in the previous episode that every single Jew will merit the redemption even if he might not have his own merits, but there will be the merits of the Jewish people, the righteous people as a, uh, righteous people throughout the generations, and the suffering of the Jewish people, and so on and so forth, and therefore every single Jew will merit the redemption. It's important to try to also understand the inner dynamics of what this is all about. This, uh, I mean, the point here is not just that we're trying to find a embracing, all-inclusive way to bring every single Jew to merit the redemption, but it's something very fundamental in understanding the future redemption to understand that every single Jew will be joining. I mean, it's it's not just that uh, we're trying to tell everyone, make everyone feel good and tell everyone that no Jew will be left behind, but it's it's integral for every single Jew, even the most righteous Jew that is experiencing the redemption, to know that every, that every other Jew will be together with him. And we'll explain this why this is so important a little bit later. But first of all, let us understand the um, the different approaches of understanding Mashiach. What I'm referring to is that on the surface, when somebody reads the different prophecies, predictions, or even different Sfarim and Kabbalah, which speak about the coming of Mashiach, there is a lot of talk about purging of evil. As we discussed in the past, we made mention of the Chavli Mashiach, the birth pains of Mashiach, and those verses which which speak about how the wicked people won't merit the redemption, as we discussed in the previous podcast, which focus a lot on the fact that when Mashiach will come, there will be only good will remain, all bad will be purged, and on the surface, this sounds like, you know, the good guys win, the bad guys lose, and that the process of the coming of Mashiach is one which resembles reward and punishment. The good guys get rewarded, the bad guys get punished, and the uh, end of story. However, if we understand the, the meaning of Mashiach from a little bit of a deeper level, particularly from the teachings of, of Chassidus, we will realize that the coming of Mashiach is, is, is much more than just reward or punishment. Mashiach is here to reveal the essence of Hashem, the essence of every single Jewish person's connection to Hashem. It is true what a person, the, the, the actions of a Jew are important to bring Mashiach and to make him deserving of Mashiach. And I mean, there, there's a certain, there could be differences, at least in the first period of Mashiach, for people that are more righteous, they might see more open miracles in the first period of Mashiach versus other people that still need to refine themselves. But either way, the ultimate idea, understanding of Mashiach, is not that Mashiach is here to take the few top righteous people and get, reward them and everyone else is doomed. I mean, that's a very uh, limited, very superficial understanding of Mashiach. When we look a little bit deeper, we will see that the true righteousness of Mashiach, the true soul of Mashiach, is his concern for every single Jew. Mashiach is coming to liberate the Jewish people. Mashiach is not coming to punish the wicked. The talk of punishing the wicked, which verses discuss, again, as I mentioned before, to a certain extent that was already accomplished with all the suffering that people had in exile, 
that already brought about some atonement it doesn't mean that they god forbid have to you know that that they that they that they're meant to be punished forever it's punishment in of itself is a temporary thing and most importantly the purging of evil doesn't necessarily have to be done in a way that the evil person himself gets destroyed as a number of the Hassam Seifer and the Rebbe mention the Pasek speaks about the coming of Mashiach Ishayo says of that with the breath of his lips Mashiach will kill the wicked and they interpret it to mean that Mashiach will trend what does it mean he'll kill the wicked what does it mean he'll kill him you know it means that Mashiach will take an evil person and he will kill the wickedness from him he'll transform him into a righteous person so if we look look a little bit beyond the surface we'll see there's something more happening it's not just about reward and punishment reward and punishment means that good wins evil loses which also means that Mashiach will reveal the good and will banish the evil doesn't mean that anyone that did anything wrong won't merit the redemption it means will be a purge of evil. Doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean that the evil person himself will be doomed. So there's if we look a little bit deeper, we begin to appreciate a completely different dimension of the coming of Mashiach. But also be worthwhile to mention that a number of sources, I mean the Zoyar and the Tikkuni Zoyar and other sources, speak very often in very strong terms about the concept of the. Um, purging of the eight of Rav, you know, the multitude of mixed converts that joined the B- Jewish people in the way of Egypt, which in a more of a mystical interpretation refers to various souls of Jewish people that maybe are blemished and are uh, not right, are, for whatever reason, without getting into the, the long discussions, you know, they are causing other Jewish people to sin. And that when Mashiach will come, these souls, this eight of Rav will have to be lost. And in other communities, when they speak about Mashiach, they strongly highlight these teachings and they actually explain certain current events, all with, within the prism of this particular teaching of the Eid of Rav, trying to, to, to persecute the righteous, and this will all lead to their downfall, etc., etc. The Rebbe never spoke in those terms. Actually, the Rebbe said two things. The Rebbe said that today's day and age, the Eid of Rav, are not real Eid of Rav, they're Tanakish and Ishbu, they're people that were educated and you know uh, by their parents and grandparents in, in 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 ways that make them hate jews make them hate religious jews so you know they they don't they're not you can't really give them the title eight of rav and moreover the rabbi said the mashiach will even redeem the eight of rav and this might, this might raise some eyebrows by people but people that are familiar with other sources but the rabbi is not the only one that said there's other sources that explain that ultimately the eight of rav will also be redeemed and here too, the, when, when, when the Zoyar and the Kunizar speak about the banishing of the Eid of Rav, some interpretations explain that it's not necessarily or only referring to the people that are Eid of Rav. The Eid of Rav refers to the Eid Rav, for example, explains in Tanya, the Eid of Rav refers to Klippas uh, refers to evil in the world which will be banished. It doesn't necessarily mean that the people will be banished, but the people that have this negativity, the negativity will be banished from them. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's really deserving of its own discussion. I would just also mention one thing, a lot of people that are very into the banishing of the Eid of Rav, it will be worthwhile to make mention that according to Chassidus, according to the Zoya, one of the symptoms of the Eid of Rav are people that do things for the Garmei, they're doing things, they're serving Hashem, not for the sake of Hashem, but for their own benefit. And basically, based on that, 
you know, uh, the Atrab also uses the term in Tanya, and the, somebody that serves Hashem for self-satisfying purposes, they should get Ganeidin or Elam Haba, is in essence also part of the Eid of Rav. I mean, it, it takes a lot of effort. If somebody really understands what Eid of Rav means, it takes a lot of effort, lifelong service of Avedis Hashem for a person to rid himself of the uh, of the of the Eid of Rav approach. So if somebody is speaking about the banishing of the Eid of Rav, we have to be careful because, you know, uh, there are very, very few people that live today that one could really say that they're completely free of any tinge of Eid of Rav. So we have to be very careful when we use, throw around that language. But either way, the Rebbe's approach was completely very different because when you look from Chassidus, and, uh, and you understand what Mashiach is all about, we realize Mashiach is here to elevate the world, to redeem the world. Mashiach is not here to destroy, to, 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 to smash, to break. So, But anyway, let, let's continue on, on the above discussion. So we have, as, as we mentioned, the idea that everyone will merit the redemption. But why is that so integral? Why is it, why is it so integral to the redemption? So there's a few points over here. The one of the the, the, the fundamental nakud, the fundamental point over here is that the redemption in essence is a great godly revelation stemming from the essence of Hashem. This great godly revelation will touch the heart of every single Jew. If we were to say, the Rebbe highlights this furthermore, if we were to say that there's one Jew, there's one aspect of the world that remains untouched that remains unaroused, that remains uninspired, that is not, does not get included in this, in, in, in this inspiration, does not, does not get touched by the, by the revelation of redemption, then that means that even those, for those Jews that are experiencing some revelation, it's not, it's, not, it's not the real deal. Because when the essence is revealed, when the essence of Hashem is revealed, it permeates everything. There's nothing that could remain... Uh, separate. There's nothing besides Hashem. If this is, if if if, the, if 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 there's even one Jew that doesn't feel part of it, then that means whatever all the other Jewish people have, they still don't have. They don't really get get it. They don't have the essence of Hashem. So when we understand what is the what is the gula mitis Hashem, what is the, we use the term often the true and complete redemption. True and complete redemption means that the world will be truly liberated. What, what does it mean, the true liberation of the world? That every single entity will be its true self. Today we're living, so to say, in a superficial world where we're, we're all trying to maybe live who we're not supposed to be, we're not really in touch with who we really are, we're meant to be, and so on and so forth. This applies both to people and to the things in the world. Matters of the world are being used for reasons that negate their purpose of creation. When Mashiach will come, everything will be in its right place. The true potential, the true identity of every single Jew, of every single thing in the world will be redeemed, will be liberated. You'll see what it is. It's something that is a godly connection, a godly purpose, a part, of, part of Hashem Himself. As long as there's one part of the world which seems separate from the Ebishter, separate from, the, from Hashem, that means that whatever the other parts of the world are experiencing, they're not experiencing the true essence of Hashem. Even if a tzaddik says, listen, I, I'm experiencing it. You're experiencing it, but not, you still didn't reach the level of, of Hashem's essence, at which level there's nothing besides Hashem. Because there is something out in the world that uh, doesn't recognize yet the oneness of Hashem. 
So therefore, the Rebbe explains the Sikha and Chukas Tavshim and Ches. I believe the Rebbe explains it at length very powerfully. The Rebbe explains how the true redemption has to be something which permeates every single aspect of, of creation. If we ban, we banish certain Jewish people and say, no, you, you're not part of it, then we don't have it either. Similar to Matan Torah, just to bring a little bit of a parallel, we know that every single Jew had to be there by the giving of the Torah. You had Moshe Rabbeinu, you had Aaron, you had the 70 elders. That wasn't good enough. Not even the ordinary Jews. Even the, the Jews that were involved in, in, in things that later led to Avodah Zara, to idol worship, and so on and so forth, they also had to be by Matan Torah. Because Matan Torah is something that has to affect every single Jew. If there's one Jew that's missing, the Abisha can't give the Torah. Similarly, the redemption is something which affects the, the whole creation, the whole Jewish people as, as one whole, as, as a total. Every, if, if there's even one Jew missing, there's one aspect of creation that's not touched by it, it's not a true redemption. The same thing is within a Jewish person himself in the future redemption. Every single aspect of his life, every single part of his soul will be permeated with this awareness of Hashem. If there's one part of his of, of the Jewish person's personality, his intellect, his feelings that are going to remain detached from the redemption, it's not going to be a true and complete redemption. When the essence of Hashem is revealed, there's nothing besides Hashem. He's the true existence of everything. If that's what's revealed, it has to permeate everywhere. So this explains why it's important to say that every single Jew will be part of the redemption. When we also when we want, when we want to zero in more on the connection between Hashem and the Jewish people, the Rabbi explains that it's important to understand why, that, that, in the, that the connection that every Jew shares with Hashem is one that must eventually, ultimately lead him to be able to be part of the future redemption. Why? The Rabbi brings, the Rabbi explains in the beginning of the Kutay Sikhah's Chelek Yodalaf, the Rabbi brings a famous, the Rabbi brings a parallel between the redemption from Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim and the future redemption. The redemption of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim, we say that there were certain Jews, as I mentioned in the previous episode, only a fraction, according to some opinions, one out of 500, one out of 50. There was a small amount of, a percentage of the Jewish people that actually left Egypt. Many Jews didn't want to go. However, in the future redemption, the Rebbe says, he brings verses that Hashem will gather every single last Jew and as I mentioned before, it's, it's, it's relevant to the redemption. It says that until the last Jew is redeemed, the Shekhinah, the, the divine presence, which is also nice of the Jewish people, will not be redeemed until the last Jew goes out of exile, which means that even if one Jew is in exile, Hashem himself is, remains in exile. So the Rebbe emphasizes on the future redemption, the sources highlight that every single Jew will merit the redemption. So the question is, what is the difference? Why by Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim was it possible that was not every Jew merited the redemption, but this why can't the same thing, God forbid, take place in the future? So the Rabbi explains that by Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, the exodus of Egypt took place before the giving of the Torah. Therefore, the relationship of the Jewish people to Hashem was very strong. Yes, the Jewish people still had a neshama, they had a soul that's part of Hashem. But the relationship of the Jewish people and Hashem at that point was like the relationship of a father and a son. It's a natural connection. The son naturally is drawn to his father. But a son could choose, if he wants, to disconnect himself from the father. There's still the very essence of the person is able to overpower his natural inclination, his natural 
tendency, his nature as a son to a father, he's still a separate individual, he has free choice, he could decide, you know, that he doesn't want to experience this relationship. So Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Hashem took the Jewish people like a father takes his son out of bondage. Certain Jewish people said, we don't want this relationship. We don't want to experience Hashem as our father. We know that we're Jews, but we, we don't want to experience this relationship. Okay, they didn't want, so they didn't force them. They remained, uh, they, they passed away during the three days of darkness. They didn't merit the redemption. However, by Matan Torah, Hashem's relation with the Jewish people went deeper. It wasn't just that Hashem was the father of the Jewish people. The souls come from Hashem. Hashem chose the Jewish people. The Rebbe explains that Bechira, free choice, when Hashem chooses something, it comes from the very essence of Hashem, and therefore it permeates the very essence of the Jewish people. A Jewish person at this point, he could choose to negate and to act in a way that runs contrary to who he really is. But he can't change who he really is. A Jew does not have free choice in the aspect of deciding that he's not connected to Hashem anymore. Meaning that by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the connection of Hashem and the Jewish people didn't permeate the very essence. Yes, it was, it was a natural connection. But a Jew, the essence of a Jew, so to say, was stronger, and he was able to override that connection. By the giving of the Torah, the very essence of a Jew became one with Hashem. A person can't change his essence. Whatever he's deciding is... Is, is you know the, the, his basic DNA is who he is. He could decide to alter his behavior, how he wants to deal with his with, with who he is, but he can't change who he is, because his very essence is now defined a certain way. So therefore, we a person, a Jewish person, has free choice, but nevertheless, eventually, since he's connected with Hashem, so. At one point or another, he's given free choice to behave a certain way, but it must happen that eventually the true essence of the Jewish person will be revealed and he'll choose to uh, to connect himself to Hashem. So, therefore, in his essence, the Rebbe says, the essence of the soul always chooses Hashem. But yeah, a person has free choice. He could negate the soul. He, he has a certain limited free choice, so to say. He obviously, his free choice doesn't have free choice to change who he essentially is, but how he behaves and so on and so forth. Or to temporarily, he has free choice to temporarily negate this connection. But he does not have free choice to completely uproot who he is. So, therefore, eventually, there must come a time when his essential core will reach to come to the surface. So that is why every single Jew must be redeemed. In other words, according to the way the Rebbe explains over, it's not just that every single Jew must Hashem will take out of exile, but eventually every single Jew on his own will reach that understanding that he wants to be part of the redemption, that he wants to be connected with Hashem. So that is from the Jewish person's perspective. Additionally, the Rebbe explains in other places that since every Jew is connected with Hashem, so Hashem will not allow a part of him to be forever detached from him. And with that, the Rebbe explains a famous letter where the Rebbe discusses at length, the Rebbe says that, you know, that uh, we have the famous teaching, the every single Jew has a portion in the world to come. But the uh, Mishnah mentions that there's certain exceptions. Not every single Jew, there, in general, every single Jew has a portion of the world to come. But chutz, there's besides certain exceptions. 
So how are those other Jews going to merit the world to come? The Rebbe says that since every single Jew is a part of Hashem, it must be that eventually every single Jew, even those Jews on whom it says there's no portion of the world to come, will merit the redemption. And the Rebbe explains a whole long letter. The Rebbe says that, the Rebbe explains different levels or, or different reasons, different uh, the, the, the different types of of zchusim of merits that could make that every single Jew will have will get a redemption, and the Rebbe says first of all you have if a person did, did tshuva, even if a person sinned throughout his entire life, if right before he passed away he did tshuva, so he will merit the redemption, even if somebody didn't do during didn't do tshuva during his lifetime. Nevertheless, if after he passes away, the person's relatives pray, pray for him, give tzedakah for him or the tzaddikim that he was connected to that are not his relatives, so uh, so they could also elevate this person. Furthermore, there's certain people that they didn't have anyone pray for them, but they had they got punished. Either they got a, you know, a physical punishment or a spiritual punishment in the afterlife that also makes them deserving of the redemption. And the rabbi says, ultimately, even if we will say the certain great, terrible sinners, very few exceptions that if a person will want to say that even after all everything is said above is said and done, they won't merit the redemption. The Rebbe says their souls will have to merit the redemption. Their souls will ultimately be resurrected in another body because no soul of the Jewish people could be lost. And the Rebbe also says, finally, similar to what we mentioned before, that there is a concept that even if somebody doesn't deserve to be resurrected, to merit the redemption on his own accord, but he will get, there's, Hashem has, you know, there's charity, there's a charity box, there's merits that uh, that that, uh, the, the, that the person will get in a way of charity, that even though he's undeserving, he'll be able to, to get there. So basically, there, there, even though there are some people that it says that they won't merit, merit to be resurrected, they won't merit to be part of the redemption, but even they, there's a number of explanations how they too will merit to become part of the redemption. I've just finished off on a practical note that we see there's many Jewish people that are, you know, for whatever reason, they're, they're, they're not yet fully observant, but the concept of Mashiach awakens a very deep chord within their neshama. And you see over here the concept, and as I mentioned, that, that when Mashiach will come, it will arouse every single Jew. Even the greatest sinners, when they'll hear that Mashiach came, particularly when they'll hear the sound of the great joy for the great revelation of the future, they will come back to Hashem. We see it even today. We know that there's something even even by regular people. We know that there's the idea of the future redemption touches something very deep inside of a person, and this is uh, we could only imagine when Mashiach will actually come. The experience will have such a strong power, which will draw every single Jew uh, to merit the redemption. We should merit the coming of Mashiach. Take from Yad Mamish. Plastic Take is produced by Todalt's Podcast Productions, producers of The Daily Boost, The Weekly Fabrengen, Power Fabrengen, and Mashiach Mindset Audio, available on all podcast platforms.